A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere. Maybe. Concentrate on sin. Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems. There is a corridor. And the corridor is time. It surrounds all things. On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar. That's the display department. With a torch. The lights were probably gone. So had the stairs. You are just number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 442. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are continuing our discussion about The Watch. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. Yes, it's always a good time when we return to the world of Terry Pratchett, to particular to his disc world, the city of Ankhmore Pork. And in this case, as we follow the misadventures of the City Watch, the police force of Ankhmore Pork. This is a BBC America series of eight 45-minute episodes that ran originally in 2021, and it's a rather strange mixture of a police procedural, but with the weird, fantastical elements and characters in a fantasy setting, some of which we very much come to expect from a Pratchett, although some of it is rather new and strange and might veer off course a little bit. We will get to that. Yes, absolutely a different take on things for sure and i'll mention that this was a bbc production a bbc studios production that had its first broadcast on bbc america so slightly different combination there so continuing with the investigation as we talked about a little bit last time we have our mismatched group of misfits who are part of the city watch this sort of police force trying to find a series of magical artifacts to control a noble dragon. And at each stage, Carcer Dunn and his goblin gang seem to be a step ahead of them, trying to get the same things for very different reasons. And along the way, we learned a little more about each officer of the Watch and their own secrets and struggles and we get to enter the unreal estate on the outskirts of Ankh-Morpork. Park. Yes, that's a very strange place where, as you say, the, the, the officers of the watch have to encounter strange, even more fantastical worlds or get shown glimpses of their past or possible pasts and some of the complications. And as you say, Brian, some of the struggles they've overcome in their lives to get them where they are. And they're going to do all this while at the same time hinting about growing working relationships, improving morale in the watch, but also friendships, possibly more, possibly budding romances, particularly between Angua and uh, Constable Carrot. And of course, we have that Vimes and Lady Sybil tension, which we know will play out in the novels in a certain way. And all of this is going on. We get some familiar Terry Pratchett stuff. I'm going to mention that we do get a quite brief discussion of the economic theory theory that has become known as the Sam Vimes boots theory and if you're familiar with either the works of Terry Pratchett or if you spend any time on social media you've probably seen 
the Sam Vimes boots theory of economics popping up on your feed from time to time. It's now quite famous outside of the novels, Brian. Yes, it does show up and is referenced quite a bit. And I don't know how well it fits with this version of Vimes that we're seeing on screen, but it was something that they had to include, I think, and it was nice to see it there. And shall I say that this series of The Watch has got many distinctions, particularly from past adaptations we've seen, but this one particularly quite a musical bent some surprising musical sequences as the show goes along, Brian. Yes, indeed. And also a rather amusing sequence, quite comic sequence, when the watch encounters some of the villains in a care home for the elderly or elderly fantasy characters where when violence breaks out, a magical defense system forces them to dance instead of doing things that are violent, which was done very well and with rather amusing results. So that's quite a fun one. And I did watch one of the extra features on YouTube where you see the choreographer brought in to turn actors into dancers and a great piece of music and they're all dancing around while at the same time acting and delivering lines it's great fun yes absolutely and we even have the watch going undercover as a punk band in a club so as we'll say there's some punk rock type things in this and we got that with the main characters being a band so that was quite neat too and we get later on we get a dance number as well cheery carrot and angua do a dance number which you know i'm gonna say wouldn't look out a place on an episode of Drag Race or something like that. It is a very deliberately camp dance number with some surprising moves by the actors clearly having quite a good time getting into the dance, getting into the groove. I'll say that was a fabulous sequence for Cheery. Yes, indeed. Now, as Brian has hinted at, the aesthetics of this show deviates from what we've seen before, I'd say, Brian. They've gone very much for a sort of mixture of fantasy and a sort of punk rock or maybe steampunk aesthetic. This is an updated version of Discworld. This looks nearer to to our own world in a way with the sort of concrete and steel buildings that they use and the city police force. As we've said, this allowed them to film in Cape Town and to use a lot of the, obviously, the actual buildings as locations and then to mix in some strange bits of technology. But there's still the Terry Pratchett fantastical creatures. It's got this steampunk look, this mixture of everyday items and weird costumes. It's all done, there's a certain look and vibe to this appearance of the watch i would say yes it really is quite different the previous things we've looked at have used this medieval fantasy aesthetic that comes from the books that is quite traditional but has the very terry pratchett like storylines and characters and fantastical things in them and those are great that always worked well but this is something different this is a world that i think was meant to be nice 
1990s technology or something like that. It's a world where you have fairly modern buildings with lighting and elevators and so on. And you also at the same time have street lamps that use dragons for their light. You have this real combination of the sort of more traditional fantasy things and Terry Pratchett fantasy elements and this punk rock aesthetic and the more modern type of aesthetic and type of setting blended in with these fantasy elements. So it's definitely different and you know describes it as a used dimension, you know, something in a different dimension at the beginning of it, which I think is a tip to this being a different version. But those updates proved to be quite controversial and gave us a critical response that was something that we have to talk about. We do indeed, unfortunately, because as you say, some of these changes were very controversial and um, it did provoke quite a lot of response even before the show broadcast. That's right. Before the premiere, the changes in setting and the punk rock type costumes and the changes of certain characters' genders and personalities these were leading to criticisms from fans and you know often when you do something that is different that can be you know rightly or wrongly that can be rejected or criticized by the fans and that was something that we saw here now i know that there was a panel about the show at the new york comic convention in 2020 that takes place in about october time i believe brian so this is a few months before the show would premiere in January 2021 and it was a panel about the show obviously trying to promote and generate some excitement but unfortunately after the panel there were some comments made by a couple of sort of like notable fans Terry Pratchett's daughter Rhiannon noted that there didn't seem to be any of her father's work in this new series and Neil Gaiman said something similar and both of these are mentioned on the Wikipedia page for the show. I actually went and had a look a bit closer at what Rhiannon Pratchett and Terry and Neil Gaiman actually said. And I think their their comments were far more neutral than they've been reported. I think they were not trying to prejudge the show. They were just trying to point out that this was doing something different to what Terry Pratchett had intended. The soundbite quotes sort of taken out of context do sound quite scathing but i'm not sure that that was really the intention there yeah and you know it's difficult to see them wanting the show to fail because you'd have thought both neil gaiman and rhiannon pratchett that they could quite like the idea of people doing different things with the work and producing shows based on terry pratchett but I, as i say i think it was too late brian i think the controversy had already started the criticism was coming in even before the show aired. And then once, of course, it premiered in January 21, the reviews were not good. Most of the reviews picked up on the deviations from the plot, the changes, the way that it didn't seem to have the sort of comical fantasy elements we associate with Terry Pratchett. 
and that the best bits about the City Watch appeared to have been thrown away to make the show. Yes, and the ratings were poor, and it ended after one season. The way it was set up looks like it was designed to continue into a second series, but that did not happen. It ended after one. It very definitely had that end of one season, hoping we get in a second season feel to the end of the final moments of the last episode. So I think it's time to get into some of our own thoughts about this. So Eamon, what did you like about The Watch? Well, BBC Studios production for BBC America and for Amazon with a lot, a fair amount of money, I think, to make this production. So once again, I start with the looks, the sounds, the feel of it and say that technically it's great. You know, the production's great. It's very well shot. Costumes, makeup, some of the fantasy creatures the fact that they actually we haven't even mentioned corporal detritus the stone troll and the suit that the actor wore for that to actually do it practically rather than cgi i think all of that stuff is great i think it's a very good looking and sounding show brian what about yourself yes i would agree that it it certainly does look good i liked how they created this unusual setting with the blend of fantasy elements pratchett fantasy elements and a slightly medieval elements, but also a lot of these modern elements. I think they made that work cohesively very well, and I think the visuals were quite strong. In particular, I want to mention the dragon, or multiple dragons, that look very good in this, and we see a dragon look that is quite different from what we're used to seeing, and I thought worked really well. Yes, they're very good. Let's turn to the cast. I particularly liked Richard Dormer as Sam Vimes. I know he's not quite the Sam Vimes from the book, but I liked his performance. I quite like Richard Dormer. What did you make of him and the rest of the cast, Brian? Yeah, he was good. I I liked most of the cast in this. I thought Shiri and Angua were particularly good as well. Yes, they are. And I'll mention Anna Chancellor playing uh, Lord Veterinari, Lara Rossi as Lady Sybil. I liked all those as well. I liked pretty much all of the, the main characters of The Watch. We should say this show very deliberately went for diverse characters and and a diverse cast. We've mentioned Ruth Madeley, who I'll perhaps note is a wheelchair user. They have tried very hard to include a diverse cast of actors playing diverse characters and to make some of that diversity part of the character storylines and to weave that in. And I have to say that I admired that. I thought that was splendid work by this production. Yes, I would agree. And that's one of the big highlights of this show. I'll mention just in passing that the main team on the watch the main group for most of the series consisted of three women and two men, which is an unusual balance. So that was nice. In particular, I have to say that the way they dealt with queer characters and portrayed queer characters, Cheery in particular, but others as well, also queer metaphors and trans metaphors and presenting all of those things was done very well indeed. I was very pleased to see that. And I was, as I say, 
sort of a highlight of this series to see things like that. Yes, and the Watch are a sort of bunch of misfits who come together to form a useful team. And the sort of the misfits nature of the characters and how they become accepted and part of a very good team. The story, the journeys that their characters have been on is well done and it's not shied away from. It has a sort of found family narrative for these characters who had struggles and often didn't fit in well with the places they came from. And yeah, those things, those are things that work really well with this i mean even constable carrot you could say has had his journey from you know his dwarf family although you know, how they use uh, the concept of dwarves in this show is different i guess but he, he's had the sort of same sort of journey not being accepted because he's well over six feet tall yes that's right and yeah, lots of interesting things going on there. And I think did things very well. The writing of the show, Brian, uh, obviously, as I say, they've chosen to focus in on the sort of police procedural aspect of The Watch and deviate somewhat from Terry Pratchett's stories. What did you make of the writing in terms of explaining the plot to us, dealing with a sort of quite complex story of magical artifacts and some timey-wimey stuff as well. I thought it worked. I thought it was okay. It does sort of meander a little bit at times. And we went off into a sort of parallel universe thing at one point, which was a little bit wandering. We went into a little more of that than we than we needed so the the writing is sort of a a mix of positive and negative things for me i think there was some good stuff there but it had parts of it that could have been tighter that sort of wandered around a little bit what did you think of the writing there? I would agree. I would. I found some of the aspects of the actual plot quite difficult. I was often in an episode more invested in a particular character and their own journey and development than I was in trying to understand we need the book to find the sword, the sword to find a crown there's a dragon i sometimes i got a little bit bogged down but actually i do find that often with a complicated police procedural stretched out over eight or ten episodes that often the plot can get a little bit complicated and you hope it all gets sorted out and explained at the end and i thought they did a pretty good job towards the end of bringing it all together i just got lost a little bit in the middle yes that's fair so we have to, this is the elephant in the room, I think. We have to talk about the changes, the way that we have quite different versions of many of these characters, and we have a very different world than the traditional disc world, the disc world of the novels. We have this more modern punk rock type world and a very different way and a very different setting for telling these stories. So what do we think about that? Well, it is obviously controversial. It did obviously put a lot of the fans off this series and had the inevitable effect on it. I liked the fact that this show shows us that there's at least two versions of Discworld in this show. I like 
like the fact that this show suggests this could just be a different multiverse version, a different dimension version of Discworld in which things are a bit more up to date. There's a bit more technology in everyday use, but there's still the fantasy characters. Um, It's a tricky one because I know it did put a lot of fans off and I think fans wanted to see the more traditional fantasy setting from the novels. But I was all right with it, Brian. What about yourself? Yeah, so I agree with a lot of that. It was sort of a tricky, awkward thing because this is a well-loved series and franchise that you're taking in a very different direction. And I do love the fact that it has that intro about it being in a forgotten used dimension or something along those lines, suggesting that this is not the main Discworld continuity and world this is some variation uh, off somewhere else that we're looking at i i think once they're doing that sort of take that very different take i think they made a lot of good choices i think doing the sort of punk rock aesthetic when they were making it more modern i think was a a clever choice I think combining that with some of these queer elements was was also very good. So the things they were doing with that, once it was this very different world, I think those were pretty good choices and were pretty clever. So yes, there certainly is an issue about it being different, and you really have to be willing to accept that and go with it and know that this is different from Discworld of the novels and the other adaptations. But yeah, all in all, what they came up with in the end I thought was a really interesting take on things, and I liked it. Right, okay. Sam Vimes is one of the great characters of the books, and I know people were unhappy with this version of him as not being quite the Sam Vimes we've come to know and love. I was, again, I was slightly all right with him being at an earlier stage of his development and, like the rest of the watch, realising he actually had to develop and become something better. But I know that was controversial, Brian, and put a lot of people off as well. Yes. So going a little more explicitly into the negatives, what did you not like as much about this, knowing that we've talked about things a bit that way already? I, I guess my major objection or major concern was that it was a little bit confusing in places. Uh, that was my problem with it. But I didn't mind too much. I'm quite happy to hang on and let the wibbly-wobbly plot sort, it, sort itself out while the characters have their moments. Mainly that, I think, Brian. I didn't have too many problems with it compared to a lot of viewers. What about yourself? Yeah, so I didn't, I wasn't bothered by it being confusing, although parts of it, especially some of the multiverse parts of it, seem to, you know, get a little bit lost along the way. I still knew where we were, you know, was still okay with where we were going and was okay with where we were, but it was sort of a, a little much and sort of meandering around in other dimensions and in the the unreal estate. My biggest issue is with the ending, because the ending was clearly with the idea that they were going to do another season, and that's fine, but they left it too open and didn't, didn't resolve quite enough. So I found it to be an unsatisfying ending because of how they did it oh 
that is interesting because yes that is a point yeah it doesn't quite neatly tie things up it does very much leave things open for more which of course never happened yeah and leaving things open is fine and there are we've seen lots of shows do that and still resolve things in a more satisfying way and i think that was lacking here right Okay, are we ready for recommendations? And is it your turn to start, Brian? I can start. I am going to recommend this. I think it was really well put together and it's an engaging, entertaining show. Not without its flaws, but a solid show. But it is very much with the caveat that you have to go into this knowing that it is a different take on Discworld. It is an alternate punk rock Discworld. And if you are willing to go with that and know that the setting and some of the characters and so on will be different, it does some nice things with that. So yeah, I'm going to recommend this okay i am also going to surprise myself and possibly some of our listeners by recommending it as well i had a great time with the watch i thoroughly enjoyed it i was very disappointed that this show didn't get a second season i applaud them all for the diversity of the characters and the casting and the way that they included queer experiences and various sort of metaphors and interesting ideas about that i thought this was great it's only four pounds currently on blu-ray which is an absolute bargain so i'm gonna say with that caveat that brian's already given you that you know this is not your typical Terry Pratchett Discworld go in and enjoy this sort of strange police show that should have got a second season okay very good so in summary the watch brings us back to Discworld but this is a very different Discworld that is in a more modern type of era with more modern technology elements and a mixture of that with a punk rock aesthetic and of course all sorts of Terry Pratchett ideas and different versions of characters and so on. And we meet several characters of the Watch, this police force, who have been very inactive due to many crimes being effectively legalized with these guilds. And we do have some new mysteries and new crimes showing up and the watch has to reinvigorate itself to become an effective police force again and to pursue these magical items to prevent destruction at the hands of this noble dragon. Fantastic stuff. Do drop by on the various socials and let us know what you thought about the show, whether we've got it right or wrong. Absolutely, please do. So, also, please come back and join us next time. We are jumping to a show from 2009, an adaptation of a very well-known novel by David Almond, This adaptation stars Tim Roth in Skellig, although it might have been called Skellig the Owlman in other territories. Yes, that will be a good one to cover for sure. So until then, all of our episodes, well over 400 of them, are on BritishInvaders.com. And if you search for British Invaders or British Invaders podcast on Facebook, Instagram and threads, you can 
find out more about what we'll be covering and join in on some conversations about the shows we've been covering and about British sci-fi. We'll look forward to conversing with you on the socials. Very much so. And come along and join us at the Voice of Geeks Network for podcasts, gaming, Twitch, Discord channels, and much more. Come by vognetwork.com. As ever, tell them British Invaders sent you along and said hello. Absolutely. So thank you for listening. And this is Brian from Canada signing off. Yes, thank you very much. Until next time, Eamon in England saying to keep your boots firmly on the ground. And...